Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. So good to be with you, and thanks for coming out to church today. Uh, we're going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 7, if you'd like to open your Bibles. And uh, as we continue in the Sunday Drive message today, I'm uh, going to talk about uh, a topic that I think is really important for us. Uh, but a couple weeks ago, I was selling our washer that we had and getting a new one. And so our washer and dryer are located in our basement. So if you have that there and you've moved a washer or dryer up and down a basement steps, you know how much fun that is. Um, and so I was getting ready. The person was coming over to grab it. And I had this dolly at my house. And I was like, you know what? I'm feeling a little ambitious today for whatever reason. And uh, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hook this up and try and get it up there so it's ready to load when they get here. And uh, so I was like, you know, the dolly's going to make the work simple. It's going to make it easy. So I go and I, I strapped the washer to it, put a little band around it, grabbed it, lifted it up. I was like, oh, yeah, like we are rolling. So let's do this. And so I, I wheel it over to, our, to my steps. And I get behind it, and I kind of, as I'm up on the steps, it's an awkward angle. Like, I'm grabbing it down here, trying to lift it up, and I'm going step by step. And I made it up about three steps, and then all of a sudden, I felt something in my back. And I was like, I'm too young to be feeling this in my back. Like, this isn't supposed to happen yet. And I was like, yeah, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. And I was, I was focused on trying to get this up to make it easier to have it ready for who was coming. I had all the ideas and how I was going to do it in mind, but yet it didn't work out and I had to wait for help. You see, as we talk today about this Sunday drive, the idea behind this series has been that a Sunday drive slows you down enough to think about what drives you. And as we think about what drives us today, I want to talk about the importance of having a healthy community. And we're going to see this in the passage here in Ecclesiastes as we continue in it. Pastor Chad's kind of led us up to chapter 4 here. Uh, and in verse 7 and 8 is where we're going to start out today. Here's how it reads. Ecclesiastes 4, 7 and 8. Again, I saw something meaningless under the sun. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked. And why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless. This is a miserable business. And here we have a, a bit of a reflection time where this man, kind of this, this, this teacher here, and, and we believe as, as we've talked and learned through the series that, that we believe that Solomon was somebody who wrote this. He refers to himself as the teacher, but with the words that came through him. And as he's referring to this man... He's talking about these different aspects of things that happened in his life, that, that at the end of it all, he got to this point to where he said, this too is meaningless. And we've looked at that, that word in, in that Hebrew word, havel, for meaningless or, or a vapor or a breath, something that is just kind of comes and goes that has no purpose. And uh, the, the man's focus here, we see that, that it, it talks about in that verse that he had no sons or brother, he had no family, that he toiled and that he worked 
and that he kept working, and he was still not satisfied with what he had, that his focus was lined up on something, and in the end, he got to this point to where he felt and, and expressed, this is meaningless. Why am I forsaking my joy? Why am I forsaking and toiling for this? It's meaningless. Proverbs 27.20 talks about what we set our focus to, and it says this, death and destruction are never satisfied, and neither are human eyes. And so often we get into places where we find things that our focus locks in on, things that, that, that will pull us in that direction. And in some ways, this is great things. It's great to have focus. It's great to have focus as you, you search for your passions or as you build your family or as you work on your career or as you study in school but that there are oftentimes some things that we put our focus or our priority in that leave us feeling empty. And as we talk about this in the sense of relationships, we're going to dig into this a little more, but I have at home, uh, my wife and I, we have this, this dog. Uh, he's about two years old now. He's an English Mastiff. Uh, so some of you are like, oh boy. Yeah, if you don't know what an English Mastiff is and you have seen the movie Sandlot, it's a dog like that size. So big dog drools everywhere. Like my house is covered in drool. Like socks are always wet. It's the worst. But this dog, so, so Arthur is the name of our dog. And he, he weighs about 165 pounds. So he's a big boy. Um, and he has every ability within him to knock you on your feet or to knock you off your feet. And uh, something that he's been doing lately, which just drives me nuts, is when you have a dog this big, he's really good at just putting his head on the table while you eat or being able, yeah, annoying, and then leaves a trail of slobber. It's just like, go away. But then something else he can do is he gets up on the countertops pretty easily. His head, like he could basically put his head right up there and grab anything off the counter. He's had this kind of fixation with grabbing bread lately. So he'll grab a loaf of bread or he'll grab a buns or something off. And no kidding, like the other day, I walk out of our kitchen and come back no more than 30 seconds later, and there's a shredded bag and bread that I just bought for our meal that night that he had got, grabbed and ate the whole thing. And then I look over, I'm like, I see the plastic bag in the center of the kitchen, and I look over, and he's under the table, like, doing that thing, like, I know I messed up. Because he knew as soon as I walked back in that he was fixed and focused on something that his heart wanted, that his stomach wanted. But in the end, he knew the consequences that came of that. And how true of that is, it, is that in our lives? That there are those things we, we pursue. And today we're going to talk specifically more about the, the community that we have. And so many times we're looking to have that community and, and community is great. We're going to talk about how that's important to our lives. But in a lot of ways, we do so in a way, or we search for that love or that acceptance or the thing we feel that we need in a community, and, and oftentimes can happen in a negative sense. And so we're going we're gonna to look today at what a healthy community looks like. And we go back to that verse in that passage in Ecclesiastes, and something that stuck out to me as I was reading and preparing for this was one of the first things, everything, another meaningless thing under the sun, the next thing that said, there was a man who was all alone. 
And then he went on to describe the things that he pursued, the workaholic that he became, the family that he didn't have because of that, and the the emptiness and the lack of joy that he experienced. That everything that he pursued, what his focus, what his prize, his eyes were set on, ultimately left him feeling empty and alone. And as we we talk about that, I think it's important that, that we evaluate our lives this morning. And so throughout the rest of this message, uh, I would really encourage you, even as we talk through some of the points of what a healthy community is, that you would evaluate the community that you have in your life. And I think for all of us, it's, it's going to look different based on where we're at in life, based on the circumstances that we've gone through, based on age even. Like there's going to be things where we have great community with family. And some of us are like, yeah, that's the worst community I have is my family. <laughs> that there is a strong work community. And for others of us, it's like, I can't wait to check out and get away from these people. That there are these influences that matter greatly in our lives, but that it's important that we're looking at how do we continue to have healthy community? You see, when we pursue community in a way that isn't God-honoring or what God has for us, we miss out on things, much like we would pursue wealth or power, or popularity, or acceptance, and sometimes even love. What we're looking for oftentimes doesn't fulfill like we thought it would. We miss our purpose when we chase after meaningless things. So before we dig into the main content of this, I want to I give you real quickly three truths about God's purpose for you. And I think for some of us in here that You're hearing me speak and you're already like, oh, he's talking about me. Like, this is a situation that I'm dealing with right now. That there's a struggle happening, that there's a tension in relationships, that there's an empty feeling about who your friends are or who your support is supposed to be. And you might even be in a place where you're saying, you know what, I am lonely right now. I have people around me, but they're not people who are giving life. They're not people who are breathing that in. Three truths about God's purpose for you. This is something that, that we all need to know. Is, is, first thing is this. God did not create you to be alone. We were meant to be together. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, going back to the creation and shortly after that, this is what the Lord God said. It is not good for man to be alone I will make a helper suitable for him. God's plan and desire for our life was not just to create us, not just to put us into this world, into what we might think is dysfunction and into what we might think is just terrible things and terrible culture and all these things. God put us in this earth so that we could be with others. We're not alone. We're not meant to live alone. The second thing is this, is that God created you with a plan in mind. That not only did he not create you to be somebody who's a loner, who has nobody, but that he created you with a plan and a purpose. We see this in Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That God did not just put us on here with empty meaning that we are not in this world just kind of struggling to survive and just make our way to whatever comes next, that God has ordained and created a plan and a purpose for us. 
and that we can take confidence in knowing that. And the third truth is this, that God created you to thrive in community. We were created to thrive in community. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. We all have a part and a place in the church, in the body of Christ. If we look around this room and if we had conversations Your skills and your passions and your desires and your hobbies and your interests are probably going to be a lot different than mine. We all make up a bunch of kind of just people with different things, but that we come together in community with a purpose in mind, and that's for what God has for us. And so as we talk about this, we're going to talk about this in the sense, and I believe that the church is is a big part of this, but for a lot of you... You might be new to Calvary, or you might be watching online, and you don't always have the ability to to make that connection on a consistent basis. That as we talk through this, that you would evaluate the community that you do have, or maybe that you don't have. And my prayer for this message is that you would think about what it is that you need to do to make that community that God would have for you, so that you can be somebody who thrives in it. And as we do that, we're going to talk and continue in Ecclesiastes and look at three observations of a healthy community. And so the first one is this. A healthy community is a support system. A healthy community is a support system. If you go back to verse 8 where we read about that man that the teacher was telling us about, You saw how he made these decisions and how he was consumed by what his eyes desired, how he was consumed about his wealth, how he was consumed about striving for these things, how he didn't have family because of it, and how he got to this point of where he was asking himself, why am I doing this? I think we get to those points sometimes, like, why are we still doing this? But that friendship and having those people who could speak life into you in that situation could help us to avoid those things. That God has given us community, that God has given us other people, God has given us voices of influence that can equip us, that can be a support to us when we are in need. I read this article in this past week about uh, this, these detectives. Here's, here's kind of the title of the article. It says, Junior Detectives help police find a missing 97-year-old woman. And we got a picture up on the screen of these junior detectives that you're going to see. And uh, basically what happened was there was this, this elderly woman who went missing. And so some helicopters were kind of flying around making this announcement. And here's a quote from the article. It says this, Logan Holtman, age 10, hopped on his bicycle with his friends on Monday. After hearing... Uh, Through a helicopter announcement that police were searching for a 97-year-old woman, Logan and his buddies canvassed the area and called the Roseville Police Department after tracking down Glenetta Belford two hours after the woman was reported missing. And you had these 10-year-olds, these these kids, these junior detectives who on this this picture literally looked like the Sandlot crew. Like they just kind of hopped on. They were ready to roll. And so they, they split up and they said, man, there's somebody missing. Let's go out and find this person. Gave them something to do. And what happens was only after two hours, they were able to track down this woman, this, this person who had gone missing. 
And I don't know about you, but I would love to know that there are some people that if I go off the path, if I go in a place where, man, is maybe offline of where I should be, that I have some people who are willing to come after and search me down. People that are going to know when I'm gone. People that are going to miss me. People that are going to bring me back into what God has for me. To have that support system. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9, we continue in this passage here. And what's interesting, and I love kind of in this passage, is up until this point, there's been a whole lot of meaninglessness we've talked about, right? Solomon's like, everything is meaningless. Everything is meaningless. And, and what you see here is kind of a little bit of a turn and a break. And he's talking about this is what is good. This is what is needed. And so in verse 9, this is what he says. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. And he kind of turns that from saying, hey, this isn't something that's meaningless. Two are better than one. And so as we talk about this, I want to talk about a couple attributes of what a healthy support system looks like and contributes. Attributes of a healthy support system. Here's the first one, is that a healthy support system is one where there is growth happening, where there is growth that is experienced. In that first line there, it says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I am fearing just the leaves that I'm going to have to rake here in the next couple weeks. Like, I have five trees on my property, and it makes it just far enough from the road that I have a lot to sweep and kind of rake into that place. And I'm, I'm just looking up at the trees like, you could just stay on there all winter. I wouldn't mind. Like, I, I'm not looking forward to that because I remember last year having to rake those leaves and the hours and hours and hours I spent doing it. And I did it by myself. And I can remember the entire time being like, man, I wish I had some people to help me out. Man, I wish that, that I could get this done faster. I have so many other things to do to get done. I, I need a better use of my time, but yet I had to do this on my own. And I think that's part of what Solomon is talking about here. Two are better than one, because there's a good return for their labor. And we see in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, what happens when people encourage one another. It says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. The idea was to continue to, to put before you, man, let's continue to encourage one another, to provoke one another, to do things that are out of love, to do things for other people that are good. So that there is growth that can take place in our lives. And what happens is when there's two that go into it, the, the effectiveness becomes so much greater. The leaves could have been done twice as fast if I had another person. But the same is true in our lives, that, that there is growth that takes place when we have people that can come alongside us. Because the reality is there are times where we're going to need support. There are times where unexpected things are going to come up. And we oftentimes need that assistance in that, which leads us to the second attribute, is that a healthy support system is one that provides assistance. It's one where there are people who will be there when you're in need. We see in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, Paul's writing to the church there, and he says this, carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. And what he's saying there is saying, hey, when you pick up 
the needs, when somebody else is weighed down, when they are burdened with things, when they are carrying things, when they're pulling a washer up out of their basement, when they're going through a circumstance in life, when they are in need, carry their burdens, help them out with that. And in doing so, you fulfill the law of Christ. Because we're to have no other gods before us than to love our neighbor as ourselves, to reach out, to be one with others. And the thing about this is, is that it's a two-way street as we talk about a support system. As much as we need that in our lives, don't minimize the fact that you are a support system to the other people in your community. That you are people who can help others. I am so thankful. We just had our first child back in April, and I am so thankful for the community here at this church and in our family and in our community and and just the friends that my wife and I had who were able to bring over meals for us, who were able to help us out with things in those first few weeks, because that was a season of change, and it was a season where everything was just kind of like, here you go. You know, you got a kid now, and I was like, oh, (laughs) that it was so great to not have to worry about those things, just the simple things of that, how that assistance came in. And that's what it's about being in the community of God. When we have community, that there are people who will come along and assist you. And the last one, uh, uh, or we see this actually in Acts chapter 4, verse 32. I love Acts because it's talking about the start of the church. And after Jesus left and the Holy Spirit came, the people were empowered by the Holy Spirit. And not only were they empowered by the Holy Spirit, they came together in a time where they were figuring things out. And we are always like, man, you're in different walks of life. You're in different seasons. I mean, we've talked about that. Pastor Chad did the last couple of weeks just about the different seasons and God, how God makes those beautiful in time. Part of that is that God will bring people into your life to assist in those times. Acts 4.32, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that their, any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. If somebody had a need, guess what? I got something for you. Here you go. You need a meal? Here, I'll take care of you. You're struggling here? We'll come help you out. That there was a unity that took place within this community. Another attribute is accountability. A healthy support system will help keep you accountable. And you might wonder, man, for what? Like accountable to what? There are those times where we don't want to be like the man who gets wandered off by what his eyes pursue, the death and destruction that comes with those focuses, but that we can have people who can help us align our focus with what God has, the straight and narrow that he asks us to live, that we have those people who can be accountable to us. Proverbs eleven fourteen, the nugget of wisdom here about this, he says, for lack of guidance, a nation falls. But victory is won through many advisors. There are times where you think you have the answers, and then have you ever experienced those times where you thought you had the answers, and you're like, I do not have the answer to this. That sometimes there is that accountability, there is that counsel, there is that guidance that can be given in a situation. Or there might be those times where you fall off stray and somebody needs to pick you up, that they're the hand that you reach out, that you, pulls you back. And it's so important because life can get crazy and sometimes we become so focused on whatever it is that we don't realize that we've gone off track. Having that support system to help you in that helps you to experience the community that God has for you. So a healthy community is a support system. 
The second idea is this, is that a healthy community is comforting. A healthy community is comforting. And I know, uh, and, and I'm speaking to this because there were times in my life where I like to think I have it all together, where I try to be the strong one, you know, as the guy, like that's, uh, like that's who I am. But if I'm being honest, like there are times where life just catches up and breaks you down, where there is comfort that is needed. And I've been so thankful that in those times there have been people who can bring that comfort to me, that there are people that God has placed in my life who are able to comfort in those times of loss, in those times of confusion, in those unforeseen circumstances. Ecclesiastes 4.11, he continues with this, this idea here. He says, also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And if you're like me when you're reading that, you're like, oh, Solomon's getting spicy here. Like, <laughs> like what is this talking about? That's some kind of community. <laughs> and as I was looking into that, I was like, that's just kind of like, oh, interesting that that was a part of this passage here. As I was looking into kind of the Hebrew behind that word, like literally there's a few meanings for that phrase that's used there. One of those is romantically. Um, but another one that I think even fits with this too is this idea of lying together, that, that in that time, in that area and geographically, that there was, there was, there was heat kind of just in the, the layout of that land, that when the nighttime came, the nights were freezing. And that for travelers making their way through that country, like they don't have the planes and the trains or the cars that we had, like they were making those treks on foot or with much slower transportation, that there was often times where they would have to set up camp outside and there wasn't just the hotels everywhere. And that what is communicated here, some, some scholars believe, is that this is the idea that, man, when, when two are together, that there's warmth that you can feed off one another, that you can be covered and that you can experience that. And that, that idea there, but how can one keep warm alone? That there's comfort that comes in community. I was reading this story, and it's probably something that you've, you might have heard at some point, uh, but there's a story about uh, these, these frogs that were hopping around. By the way, this is not like real. This is a story. But there were these, this group of frogs that were hopping, and uh, as they were hopping, two of the frogs kind of were hopping in, and the next thing you know, they fell into this pit. And what happened was, was they got stuck in this pit, and all the other frogs kind of gathered around. And as these two frogs were trying to jump with all their might to get out of this pit, they were just missing the mark. Like, they were not able to get up that high. And so they kept jumping and jumping. They're getting tired. They're getting worn down. And what happened was the group at the top was looking down at them and was just saying, hey, give up. Give up. You're never going to be able to make it out. Like, you've been trying forever. You're wearing yourself out. Give up. And what happened was one of the frogs gave in to that, and he said, yeah, he, he made this decision, yeah, you know what, you're probably right. And that he, he fell down and, and, and ended up dying. But another frog kept jumping and kept jumping, and these, these frogs were like, hey, give up, give up. You're not going to make it out. And at one point, this frog just kind of jumped and, and made its way up onto the top. And after it kind of gathered up with the other ones, they're like, man, why didn't you give up? And this frog said, however it communicated, <laughs> I'm deaf and I thought you were encouraging me on. <laughs> that, that this frog heard like, you know, just give up, just get up. 
And he was like, yeah, I can do this, you know, and he kept going. But how powerful are words? How powerful are the people who speak into our life? Whether we give them the platform or not, sometimes there are those people who have a voice in our life that if they have that voice continuously, at some point, if it's bad even, that we might think we're strong enough to just kind of brush it off, but that there are those times where the more you hear something, that at some point in a moment of weakness, it starts to become reality and you start to question, man, am I really gifted in that? Is this really a passion I should pursue? Is this really the right dream? Is this achievable? Whatever that could be. That it's so important that we have people who are not bringing us down, but that are building us up. Who we have in our corner is crucial. So a couple qualities of a comforting community that I think are key. And as you think about these things, here's kind of the one. That your community is encouraging. That your community is encouraging. You see, Christians are encouraged to push one another to love and good works. We read Hebrews 10, 24. I want to continue in verse 25 here. Let us consider how we may spur one another toward loving good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. That is not just about, hey, let's do this. You know, you can do more, you can be better, but that we're going to say, hey, come on, I'm going to help you as we do this that we're going to encourage you, that I'm going to grab your shoulder, that we're going to walk through this together, that we're going to move forward together, that there is an encouraging element that takes place. Because there are going to be those circumstances where people speak negatively to you, and sometimes you can't get away from that. And in those moments, it's all the more important that we have that community that is speaking life and encouragement to us. Another element of that is unity. A comforting community is one that's got to be unified. We see in Psalm 133, it says how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity, that it brings pleasure to God, that it is something that he desires that we live together in unity, that there's a communion that takes place amongst his people. And when you read the Bible and you hear the word the church and the church this, The church is not just the structure of what it is. The church is the people, so the church is you and me. That God desires for his people to live in unity. Acts 2, 44 and 46, it's this passage going back to the start of the church. It says this, all the believers were together and had everything in common. It doesn't say they all thought the same or they were the same, but that they had things in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. And if you continue in that passage, it says that they gained favor of all the people around and God continued to add to their number daily. That when a community lived in unity, when they put aside their differences, when they came together with one cause, with one focus, when they put their focus on Jesus, that there was a unity that took place. And it leads to this last part, because if we want to be a community, or if we want to have a comforting community that is unified, that is in unity, and that is encouraging, we have to have an element of a community that is loving. That love is a part of our community. Colossians 3.14 And over all these things, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. 
that if you have a community of people that are not loving, that don't really care about you, that it's going to be really hard to find the encouragement that you're looking for. That it's going to be really hard to find a unity and a connection to others because they don't care about you. They don't have this genuine love. And as Christians, as Christ followers, we are to be people of love because of how much God loved us. If you do not have that love, you're not going to experience genuine encouragement or unity. And this takes us to our third point. A healthy community is a source of strength. A healthy community is a source of strength. Ecclesiastes 4.12, the one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. When I read that passage and even started thinking about it more, movies and in books and different media of that sort came to mind because you see in this time where so many times like the story happens where there's somebody, whether it's a war movie or whether it's a comic book movie or whether it's whatever, that there's somebody who gets surrounded in battle, but yet they got somebody who's back to back with them. And it kind of has this, this moment of where they're building each other up. They're like, I'm here with you till the end. And you're like, let's do this. And then, you know, you see this happen and most of the time they're like, yeah, we conquered it. But how much power there is in having somebody that can stand back to back with you when you need that strength. That you have somebody who's going to fight that battle with you. That you have somebody who's going to be there that when you feel surrounded, that there's somebody else with you helping you through. You see, we don't have to fight alone. God did not create us to be alone. And when we find ourselves in a place of loneliness, whether we did it to ourselves, or whether it just kind of happened by life circumstances, we're missing out on the community that God has and the community that we could be finding. You see, community with the church can be God's vessel of strength to us in our trials, that there are those people who can come and lift you up in that time, that you can experience strength by the relationships that you have, by the groups that you have, by the, the friendships that you have. Strength can be gained from human relationships, but the greatest strength relationship and community that we could experience is relationship with Jesus. Because if we don't have relationship with Jesus, then we're not going to receive the strength that God has promised to us. And the more we look for the human side of the relationships, the more we look for all the, the things that we feel we're missing, the love, the acceptance. Like I have these conversations with our middle school students where they open up to me about how, man, I don't know why this friend just keeps betraying me or why they keep saying this about me. And, and, and yet, like, I have this conversation over and over because they keep going back to that person. That they keep going back to the person who's feeding negativity. That they keep going back to the person who's talking behind their back. And I look at the middle schoolers in that, and I say, wow, like, a community has these elements about it, but if I'm being honest, there's been times where I did the very same thing, and I wasn't always the middle schooler doing it. And I think the same can be true for us, that our need for acceptance or what we find our focus on just trying to experience that love pushes us to find the community that is not for us or not the most beneficial. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29, he writes this. That he, meaning God, gives strength to the weary. 
it increases the power of the weak. That when we are weary, that when we feel alone, that when we feel like life is too much for us, when we feel like things are meaningless, that God is the one who gives power to the weak. And we see in the New Testament, Paul modeling and, and saying essentially the same thing. 2 Corinthians 12, 10, he says this, that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses. And I read this and I'm like, Paul, come on, man. You delight in weaknesses? Like, I don't delight in being weak, personally. I never have been like, man, I'm, I'm glad I'm weak at that. I delight in it. And he goes on from there. I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. All the things that we are usually like, why, God? Paul's like, I delight in this because of this. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That he recognized that power does not come from within him or from anybody else in this world. Power comes solely through his relationship with God and what God has put before him. That plan that he has for you, for me, for Paul, for all people to come. So as we close today, really the, the question that I have is this, is what is the condition of your community? And I want to pose that question in two different ways, and starting with our, our earthly community. What, is, what are the friendships? What are the people that you have in your life? Are they a support system? Are they comforting? Are they people who come beside you when you need strength? You see, because we find ourselves in life, we might not always be working, but we're, we're pulling that washer, we're, we're doing that thing, we're pulling through life, and there's that circumstance that comes where you're trying to get out of this situation, but yet you're having trouble doing it on your own. Who are the people who are going to come and assist you in that? When you're carrying the weight of just loneliness and depression and anxiety, who are the people who are going to come and encourage and support you, who are going to put their arm around you, who are going to help you through that? You see, we're all pulling something at some point in time or we've pulled something or had something we've gone through in life that maybe we can be the support to somebody else who's going through that so that question what is the condition of your community if you would bow your heads and close your eyes with me I want to give you a minute to think through that Maybe it's broken family relationships. Maybe it was something you said or did, or maybe it was something that was said or done to you, or wherever that breakdown came in place. Maybe it's a struggle with your work community. Maybe you feel lonely and abandoned because you don't have a church community. That it's not always something that takes place overnight, where it's just, there it is. But when you commit that and recognize what you are searching for in that, that you are looking for the support, that you're looking for the encouragement, that you're looking for the strength that comes through the people that God puts in your life, that it gives you something to work towards and how to know who is right for you. And maybe instead of being in the community that is molding you, maybe you need to be the one who molds that community that you're in into what God would have for that. 
And maybe for some of us in here, or if you're listening online, that there is a sense of saying, I don't don't have community with Jesus. The strength that comes through him, I've never experienced. Or, Or maybe you would say, I've experienced this at some point in my life, but it has not been something relevant in my life for some time. Here's my two questions for you. Is that maybe today you would say you need to begin or begin again that relationship in that community with God through his son, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear about how to do that. It says that when you confess with your mouth your sins and those things, and you believe in your heart that you will be saved. There's a simple process in doing that, and we're going to take a moment here to do that. And I would encourage, with every head bowed, every eye closed, wherever you find yourself, if you would say, you know what, I need community with Christ. He has been something that either I've pushed aside or I've never welcomed in. But I know that I can't go through this thing anymore. I can't go through this struggle. I can't go through this circumstance without him. That I need the strength that comes from community with God and his son Jesus and the Holy Spirit. If that's anyone in here, we're going to pray in just a minute, but I want to pray with you. If you would just slip up your hand, wherever you're at, whether you're in auditorium too, awesome. Anybody else, you say, you know what? I need that relationship with Jesus, or I need to begin again that relationship. This is the most important decision because this is where it all starts. If you're going to have healthy community, it starts right here. Awesome. Hands all over. The second question is this is that as you've been sitting here, you'd say, you know what, there's probably an aspect of my community that needs adjusted. That I either need to build this community or I need to cut out where my voice of opinion and and validation is in my community. But that there's something that needs to change because I can't and I don't want to go on living like this anymore. If that's anyone in here, I want to pray with you because my hand's raised in that, that there are those times, even as a pastor, that, that it's easy to get caught up in the, in the focuses of life or work or church, that we miss out on what genuine community is really about. So if that's anyone in here, I just want to know who I'm praying with today. Awesome. Yeah, hands all over. Here's my prayer today. That, God, you would move in this place for every hand that has been raised. God, that you would be at work in these situations. Lord, you know the details, whether small or big. God, you know the circumstances. God, I pray that your love would just begin to fill these people in this room. Lord, for those who raised their hand and accepted and and say they needed you. Lord, I pray that as they pray that prayer of faith, that they confess and believe in you, that God, you would start something new. That Lord, that instant community that you give to them would begin to take fruit. That God, as they walk through that, that Lord, they would gain that earthly community that you have given to them. Lord, for those sitting in this room who are struggling with family relationships and work relationships and with other relationships or just don't have relationships, that, God, you would bring forth those people into their life, that, God, you would use their circumstances, that, God, you would maybe even put them in a place where they go and be the community to somebody else who needs it. Father, as we go from here today, We are so thankful by the way your word challenges us. 
And I pray for each and every individual that you would equip us with your love in the community that we find in you. Would you send us out of here with your strength and with that love? And Father, we ask all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you made that decision to follow Christ today, I would encourage you on your way out, there are these kind of I have decided cards that are in the different rooms. If you would grab one of those and fill it out and take it to our connection center, there are some people in there who would love to pray with you and give you some more insight on this decision that you made. We're so thankful that you came out today and uh, we would look forward to seeing you guys come out to our services on Wednesday night and our classes that take place there. Otherwise, we'll see you and have a great Sunday. Thank you.